Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Worship was amazing this morning. And how many of you know that the world needs to see people who are free? Right? Not only that, sometimes people don't even know what freedom looks like. Don't even know they're missing it. So our job as people who love and serve Jesus is to show that. And today we're going to talk a little about how to get rid of some of these bonds and truly be free. Now, why don't I pray? Oh, actually... Why don't I introduce myself? <laughs> My name is Becky Diefendorf. I am married to Dave. I'm also the mom of Harper, Rhett, and Ambrose. So lots of people know me in lots of these different capacities. Um, if you are in the Panera Bread franchise world, you know me as a marketing manager. So lots of hats for me. That's what, who I am. Now we're going to pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you today that you are going to show us how we can be more free. I thank you that you are going to show us what you see when you think of success and failure, and you are going to align our hearts with you. Be with us today. Let us hear everything you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we've been having this series on work, and I have been in Kid City. So I've actually been following along with the podcast. Plug for the podcast if you mix a week. It's wonderful. Um, And then I am capping off this week with how God sees success and failure. You're going to get to hear a little bit about my last year, which is quite the picture of success and failure and what I have learned through it. So first, we're going to look at how the world defines success. Success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose, the attainment of popularity or profit. Pretty straightforward, right? Failure, lack of success, an unsuccessful person, enterprise, or thing. This, you're probably looking at it like, yeah, of course, that's failure, that's success, makes sense. This is the water we've been swimming in our whole lives. They teach us this early, okay? So, who here played shoots and ladders growing up? Yeah, or maybe you got the generic snakes and ladders, we're not judging. (laughs) But, shoots and ladders gets this into our heads quickly. Shoots and ladders. And I got some help from my husband and from my sons, and particularly Rhett, who did the voiceover for this little video. I don't know if you guys have ever seen an honest trailer on YouTube? I don't know if I can technically endorse it from the pulpit because there's, you know, but they're hilarious. So here is our family's honest trailer for Shoots and Ladders. Shoots and Ladders, it's a game where cardboard children race each other through daily realistic scenarios for the honor of creating a legendary prize with a blue ribbon that says winner. (laughs) Defeat your friends and accomplish your dreams with things like your labor, Life. 
We've all played it, and we all play it every day when we buy into the world's view of success. So, I'm going to tell you my story at Panera Bread. For the first many, many years of our marriage, I solely worked with David Ministry and also took care of our kiddos. And then six years ago, maybe a little over that now, I decided that God was calling me to get a job to help provide for our children's Christian school education because, quite frankly, working is easier than homeschooling. <laughs> so, so I prayed about it and really felt like God wanted me to be a catering coordinator at Panera Bread. It's very specific. He was actually very specific with me on this. Um, and so I went and I got that job, catering coordinator at Panera Bread. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was something that I could do while my kids were in school. You know, great hours, done by three every day, paid for tuition. And that is all I was looking for. But God started giving me favor in my job. Everybody loves favor in your job. That's a good thing. I think when God blesses us with, with that, we're all like, yeah, take it, bring it, God. I love what you're giving to me. And so within a couple of years, I was in a multi-unit sales role. And then um, by a couple years later, we'd had some shifting in our management, and I was over catering for all 36 at the time cafes. So I was handling the operations, and catering was kind of my responsibility for the Pan-Kansas market, which stretches Salina to Sedalia. Now, honestly, it's not that impressive. <laughs> but in my little world, it was very impressive. You know, it's not like I was running a multinational organization that cured hunger or something. But within my company, it was seen as like a position that had a lot of prestige. And um, then it ended. So this role that I was in, the catering ops manager, was a trial position. We were going to try it for a year see how it went, see if it was helpful and necessary, and it was deemed not helpful and necessary. So after five years of climbing ladders, I found myself on a very large chute. <laughs> I wasn't back to, you know, space 24 like cookie guy. I was back to square one. I was a catering coordinator again at Panera Bread. The job I'd come in, five years prior. <sighs> That's painful, people. <laughs> like, I don't know if, 
if you've had a setback in the workplace or a setback in your home life or whatever, but failure hurts. Like, I had taken that trial role thinking everything would be golden because everything I'd touched had been so far. I was used to God's favor accomplishing things in my life, and so, you know, why not? Why not assume he would do this again? But you know what? This time, that type of success was not his plan for me. And um, it hurt. It hurt a lot. So I went back to being a catering coordinator, and quite frankly, I love being a catering coordinator. It's really fun. Like, the cafe environment is very supportive and encouraging. I'm a number two if you do Enneagram stuff. It gives you lots of opportunities to feel like you're helping. You're working together for a common goal. Like, I was getting exercise because a lot of my deliveries were, you know, something I could walk to. And so it was great. My bosses were good. And then I got a call from the man who used to be my boss. And this man was now my boss's 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 boss. So he called me out of the blue. The transition happened in November. So I became a catering coordinator in November. At the very tail end of January, he called me and he's like, hey, how are you, you enjoying the position you're in? And I, you know, spent five minutes telling him how much I loved it and how great it was. And he's like, oh, well, I'm not sure I should still ask you this, but I've been at this meeting with the bigwigs and they want to have this new trial position. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And all these feelings that I didn't know I had started to percolate because sometimes things hurt too much for us to deal with them. And so we just push them down and God, you know, that's okay. There can be a season where things are just too intense and you aren't necessarily dealing with what's in there, but it starts to leach out. And then God is faithful enough to give us the opportunity to deal with those things inside ourselves. So I started dealing with the fact that I really felt like a failure. Um, this lined up very nicely with our women's renewal in Lawrence. I was in there and... God kind of took a moment with me where he let me remember that it, I'm not a successor of failure. My identity based on my career, it's based on the fact that I carry his image. And then he did this thing. And I want you guys just to close your eyes for a sec. And I'm not going to get into graphic detail, but I want you to just let yourself picture what Jesus looked like on the cross. He asked me when I had that picture in my mind, was I a failure? <laughs> like, you know, we're on the other side of the story, so we know that obviously Jesus wasn't a failure. But quite frankly, he sure looked like it in that moment. All right, we're going to look at the Bible. <laughs> Mark 8, 31 through 36. So Mark 8, 31. Then Jesus began to tell them, 
that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders and leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. So this is before. You know, this is before it happened. He knew what was coming. That leads me into this first point of something that looks like failure might actually be God's plan A. Okay? The cross was planned. There's a man in John 9 who was born blind, and people are asking Jesus, was he born blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? And can you imagine living in a culture where they thought you were sinful because you were blind? Like, this guy has dealt with some real pain and humiliation because of something that wasn't his fault, and his parents have too. But Jesus said that this man being born blind was actually for the glory of God. And then he healed him and turned the city upside down. You know, for that man, it's easy for us in this humanistic culture that we look at to say, well, he shouldn't have had to be blind for 30 years. That's not fair. Why would a loving God do that? But you know what? That's because we look at everything through this really temporal viewpoint. This man had to be blind for 30 years. Can you bet that he never, never fell away from God? Once his relationship with Jesus was established, he never went back and said, I wonder if that was real. No, because this, this Jesus person freed him from a life of pain and humiliation. And honestly, the things that are in this life are temporary. But knowing God is forever. All right, so this has an impact on the worst things in our lives too. Sometimes the worst things in our lives... And don't get me wrong, the pain is real. The worst things in our lives really hurt a lot. But God has a plan, and in that plan, you're actually in plan A. He's going to bring you into what he's called you to. Okay. You know, before, um, before that catering ops manager role was cut, I was in here, and I kind of knew it was coming. I could see the writing on the wall. And God told me that he was expanding my tent pegs, that he was going to take me from a company to a community. And I didn't know what that looked like. But now I'm the marketing manager. Most of my time is spent doing things like going, giving away donations, you know, giving rewards to schools, and working with libraries. Like, I am able to use Panera's resources to bring about good things in the community. And I think that's something that God loves. It's one more way I can advance his kingdom. All right. Mark 8, 32 through 33. As he talked about this openly with the disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Now, let me first say, just like verses before this, Peter was like, you are the Messiah, the Son of the God. And Jesus is like, yes, you got it. God revealed this to you. Humans didn't reveal this. So Peter's like, he went up a ladder. 
You know, he found himself up, up that ladder. And then Jesus turns around, looks at his disciples, reprimands Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Okay, shoot, anybody? <laughs> Poor Peter. But you know what? I want to look at what Jesus said because God's perspective on things is different from our perspective on things. To God, to Jesus, success is doing the will of his Father. That means that Jesus was equally successful when he was riding into Jerusalem being hailed as king as when he was on that cross dying beside criminals. That means I was equally successful as a catering coordinator, a catering ops manager, a marketing manager, whatever stage, because I was obeying God. And I don't have to be bound by what the world tells me is success. Success is doing what God wants and trusting him with the results. So I want you to take a sec to ask yourself if there are areas where you have done your best to obey God, but you're seeing yourself as a failure. Okay? Or the rose verse, is there an area in your life where you are successful, but you know you're actually not doing what God wants you to do? Tuck it away. We're going we're gonna to pray for those at the end. All right, and then Mark 8 34 to 36. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What does it look like in your life to take up your cross? It's going to look different for everybody. For some people, it might look like forgiving someone that's hurt you. For some people, it might look like choosing to trust God in the midst of a really painful situation. It might even look like forgiving God because... How many of you know that we can hold a grudge against God when we feel like he has done something or not done something and we are in pain? Okay. Let's check out James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Does anyone want to be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing? I'll take that, right? I'm not sure I want to have to endure trials. <laughs> get, but it's the road. You know, it's the road you take to get there. When we can get through these things and choose to trust God every step of the way, even when it's really hard, then we get to end up perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God will be our strength. And I do have a video for this, and we don't have any kids young enough to scar by it. So, 
All right, let's run that video. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Who wants that, right? Who wants that cheese? I want that cheese. I want that cheese. We all hit shoots. Shoots are painful. Has anyone ever ridden a slide in Kansas in the summer? Shoots hurt. You just want to get to the end of that so your legs can stop burning. We go through the chute. We get stronger on the other side. And then we get to know God more. And knowing God is the ultimate, ultimate success. All right, we're going to pray. Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you that even in the midst of our pain, you are with us. We thank you, God, that in the midst of the hard things, you have a plan that is for our ultimate good. If there's something that you know You're seeing wrong. You're seeing something as a failure. And God doesn't call it failure. I want you to just open your hands and ask him to take it. Take that sense of failure. Because that is not who you are. You are a child of the living God. And if there's something that you are holding on to that is giving you those feelings of success, but you know it's not from God, I want you to open your hands. I want you to hand it over. Because what God has is better than that. Jesus, I thank you for the people who are here today. I thank you that your plans for them are good plans. 
I thank you, God, that your plans for them ultimately are to know you. I thank you, God, that we don't have to be satisfied with the temporary and lifeless things the world offers up as success. But instead, we can turn to you. We can know you. And God, we can become that people that others can see and they know there's something different. They know that there's something more worth living for and they don't have to be trapped either. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.